0: I really want to say, it. oh, the thing. Oh, you
1: don't need to. It's fine, but it's...
0: nudist beach. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to imbibe anime. My name is Stan and I am joined here by my wonderful co-host,
1: Matt. Greetings, anime casuals and anime fanatics alike. It's good to be back after a week break.
0: Yeah, so we went on a, a week hiatus there, uh, trying to do some catch-up. I know Mott was doing a bunch of the editing. Thank you, Mott, for putting in so much work to this channel. You're welcome. And, yeah. And um, so this week we have some some good stuff for you guys. We get to talk about manga, something that we haven't been able to talk a whole lot about on the show. So I'm definitely excited to get into it this week. But before
1: we get into anything... What
0: what you uh what you got over there, Matt? What
1: you got some? I've got some wonderful brews, some yeah? delicious, wonderful brew. And Tell by wonderful brew, it. of course, I don't mean beer; I mean tea. <laughs> <laughs> I am drinking a chamomile Rosebush Ginger Tea. Oh, well, fancy! All right. Absolutely delicious, <laughs> relaxing. Beautiful stuff.
0: Nice, nice.
1: Got it in my authentic Japanese cast iron pot just for the podcast, so let's go. <laughs>
0: Very nice. I like it. I like it. Me, on the other hand, I'm going hard tonight, man. <laughs> Another screwdriver? I've got a nice cup of hot chocolate tonight
1: because I don't want a drink. <laughs> We are 100% taking it easy today. <laughs> Good on our bodies. Although hot chocolate yeah. isn't necessarily really healthy for you, but it's better than alcohol. Your spirit. True, but so is beer. Fair.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, what have you been up to this week, Matt? What's Or the past two
1: weeks, I should ask. I Well, since we had a little bit of a politics thing, I've been following a lot of politics since Super Tuesday happened and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I've been keeping up with that in my own realm, talking to a lot of people about politics, getting a lot more engaged in that, in social media and stuff like that, which has been mm-hmm. fun, but also frustrating. Um, but besides that, uh, I've been doing a lot of anime again. I've been kind of out of the scene for a little bit besides watching Toro He Toro and uh, Somali and the Four Spirit. I just like haven't been doing anything else. But I have now started watching Inspector. Oh, also known that as Kuko Sweetie in Japanese. Um, it's interesting. Um, it's good. I actually would probably recommend it to a population of viewers, depending on your tastes. People who really like kind of supernatural mysteries would probably like the show a lot. So hmm. it's it's basically all about like. Ghosts and ghouls and goblins have their own problems, and it's about solving and fixing these problems and mysteries. It's basically my quick summary of the show, and it's about a romance as well. Um, been watching more Haikyuu, continually disappointed in it. Oh, no, <laughs> yeah, um, it's just still like a fucking snail's crawl. So I'm excited for when it will pick up again because I know it will because I've read it ahead in the manga and I have something to say about that in our later update today. <laughs> um, but besides that, I also watched Kill a Kill the first episode again because I have seen it before. But I was did you told... watch the dub. I was told by you to watch the dub, so I watched the first episode <laughs> of the dub. What did you think? Um, it was interesting. Uh, I actually think it's really good but I am not a fan of Ryuko's voice actor. I don't really? like her too much. I think all the other voice actors are great. I love Mako. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> she's hilarious. Whoever's the actor for Mako, she does a great job. She does an absolutely yeah, She's one of job. my favorite voice actors. She's been in a lot of stuff. Uh, she's a great actor, just all the way around. Um, but I watched it with Amanda Because I, I so for reference, I like trying to get Amanda to watch anime and I really get a lot of uh, enjoyment out of finding an anime that she really gets invested into and really loves. Um, Like I was super excited how obsessed she was with Naruto when I was out of the country for two weeks and we hadn't even started the war arc and I came back. She's like, oh yeah, I finished it. (laughs) i was like damn (laughs) yeah i remember that so i was i was but i since she doesn't like watching a lot of anime often i try to get her to watch shows that are very different um she had (laughs) mixed feelings about episode one i'll definitely say (laughs) um very mixed feelings (laughs) she should stick with it though yeah so she I I convinced her to watch episode one on the condition that I'm not trying to make her watch it right now because I was also just curious to see the dub. So I was like, I'm going to watch this right now and I think you should sit down and watch it with me because I'm curious to see your reaction. So she did. But she's like, I'm not watching any more than this. Um, But by the end of it, she was really disturbed by the amount of sexualization that they do with Ryuko's outfit when she first gets it. (laughs) um she was like what the fuck is this show that is gross <laughs> i'm like no it's like part of the point and she's like that's even more gross i'm like no you're missing you're missing what i'm she saying she
0: doesn't understand
1: um and it i had to better i had to like semi-spoil some things just to get her to understand a little bit i was like you know her teacher you know how it's obvious he has like a different side story going on like he's kind of suspicious like how they hypersexualize her, they're gonna do to him as well. <laughs> like, don't worry, it's not just like a only her thing or only female thing. It's like a general statement about human nudity in general and human sexuality in general. I really wanna say the thing. You don't need to, it's fine. But it's
0: nudist Judas. <laughs> <laughs> I had to, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so okay i'm done
1: i won't do it again know. i swear i i'm like excited but really nervous to see that sequence in english because <laughs> like the thing that makes it great is it's all in japanese like they're just Totsen talking in japanese in all the thing. time and then they're just like des. No, <laughs> yeah it,
0: it's I I do think the Japanese is funnier just because they're trying to say an English word and they really like to accentuate it. Um, But it's not bad
1: at all (laughs) in English. Um, But yeah, I'm I'm getting stoked to see the new season of Castlevania as well because that just dropped. I watched the first episode. I was going to watch it today, but then I got uh hung up on manga so <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that that is an extensive two-week compilation of my journeys how about how about you stan uh i feel like there's a lot of little
0: things so i guess yeah. castlevania the first thing i i did a couple i don't remember what day it dropped but i watched the first episode the day
1: it came out it's pretty recent it's like this week it dropped
0: Yeah. Uh I'm curious to see where it goes, cause how do I put this? It, it's it's past the previous climax, and so I'm wondering how they're gonna build the different factions and conflicts up again. Um, still, still love the characters and seeing their interactions. It's it's just always fun. Animation quality is just. Mwah. It it is out of this world. I love that show. Yeah, the big fight scene at the end of last season was epic. I also finished The Dragon Prince. I ended up binging it. Uh, And I wouldn't say that it's like a great show. uh, But it's definitely worth the watch if you want something different. Uh, Mm -hmm. And it's it's from the same creators as uh the last airbender, so I was just sort of on board with it to begin with.
1: Yeah, fair enough. Characters
0: are really uh endearing and well written. Uh the plot the is the strength
1: of Avatar too, so not surprising.
0: Yeah, and the the plot is definitely unique. Um some of the writing can get pretty cringy though. Uh
1: that literally and... sounds like Avatar <laughs> uh Everything uh, is. More so than Avatar, too. though. Oh, more um, cringy? Is it like cringy like Korra? I don't think Korra's like super cringy, but Korra gets super cringy, dude. Season three It's more
0: cringy than the okay, the later the later seasons definitely get more cringy in Korra. Um and I think that's how it is in uh the Dragon Prince. It's like Sometime in the second season, it start you start noticing the cringe a lot more. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm also not a huge fan of the animation style. Unfortunately, it's a type of 3D animation, Uh, but it just it looks weirder and weirder. They like the way they do facial expressions in the third season, just sort of put me off, which is kind of odd. But Mm. still, I still enjoyed it. Uh, Don't like the ending though of the third season and i i'm hoping they come with, come out with the fourth season i think they will based on how it ended um but i i didn't want to end off on a note like that fair enough um let's see what what else has been going on oh well i guess this is the one thing you wanted to know about the i so i picked up a romance anime
1: tell me more <laughs> tell me more and
0: it's it's not It's not, like, a good, good show, but it's sort of scratching that itch. Um, Like, I I wanted to watch a slice of life of something, whether or not it was romance or whatever, Uh, and I just... Lucky Star, my
1: man. I'm not going to watch Lucky Star. (laughs) You don't like Lucky Star? I don't really want to see it. (laughs) Dude, that dance at the beginning is so catchy. (laughs)
0: Well, anyway, so this anime I'm watching, uh, and I don't actually know if you would like it, uh, because it kind of reminds me of Dr. Stone in some ways, but it's called uh, Scientists Fell in Love So They Tried to Prove It. I know it. (laughs) You do know this one?
1: I know it. Uh, I have opinions about it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I, I've been watching that. I, I can only really uh, watch, like, an episode a day at most, because it's, it's, it's just okay. It depicts scientists very weirdly. Yes, uh, it does. Which, I, which is, I guess I shouldn't be surprised for anime, uh, how they depict
1: real-life things like that. Sometimes uh, they're okay, though. Like, sometimes it's just, like, normal fiction, and it's fine, but, like... It's very unrealistic, though.
0: Yeah. Um. I don't know. I I I just started watching it. But so other topics other than anime and manga and the like. So today I had an interview this morning. I <gasps> think it know? went pretty well. It was Yay. at the uh, Pacific Science Center in Seattle. Hey, sounds good. Uh, so hopefully that goes well. Crossing my fingers. I have another interview on Tuesday also at the Pacific Science Center for a different position. Fingers crossed. Uh, so I, I also got a notification like a day or two ago. So you, you know Seattle Comic Con? Emerald City Comic Con?
1: Yeah, didn't it get cancelled? It got
0: cancelled. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I was talking with Michael and Colin and Nate about it and I, we were just all talking about how like butthurt we are that <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> they
1: canceled it are you getting a uh, refund
0: yeah they said within a month uh, they should be able to get refunds out to people that's good that's and good they are trying to put it on again in the summer hmm. uh, 2020 but we'll we'll see if that actually happens um definitely Fair. disappointed like it, it it was next weekend Uh, So we were all like pretty excited about
1: Yeah, dude, that sucks
0: Yeah, I had A couple birthdays I was celebrating Well, I wasn't Necessarily celebrating, but my My dad and my sister Had birthdays in the past
1: couple weeks Shout out to Papa Stan And Sister Stan, happy birthday Sister Stan (laughs) Okay
0: And that is all Of the update that I can think of (laughs) At the moment.
1: <laughs> well, shall we dive right into our main topic for the evening after talking already for like half an hour? Yeah, yeah. Let's uh
0: let's crack open a fresh episode here. I am ready to talk about some manga. Fuck let's
1: yeah, this. My man. Shall we cover the joint knowledge of manga first? Because we both we both read some Demon Slayer, am I right? Yeah. This is going to be spoiler territory. just going to warn people right now because both Stan and I have watched Demon Slayer. So if you don't want to be spoiled for the news, upcoming seasons of Demon Slayer anime or for the most recent chapters of the manga, skip ahead to other parts of the podcast um Demon Slayer i'm 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 conflicted about the most recent chapters to be a 100 percent honest. Um, I loved some of those panels, especially when Tanjiro gains consciousness again and starts using the fire, the sun dance. Mm -hmm. Some of those panels were actually really good looking. And Demon Slayer is not a particularly pretty manga, in my opinion. Like, it's not a manga where I'm like, you want to see some gorgeous mangaka? Check out Demon Slayer. No, no, that's not Demon Slayer. But those (laughs) panels were really, really fucking good.
0: Yeah, I I totally agree. Uh, I think they are doing Muzon in particular justice. Uh, yeah, they are. I, I really have been liking his design. Like you said with Tanjiro, I I really like the the artist draw like depictions of the fire and of mm-hmm. uh, I think what was this what was his name the snake dude. Well, anyway, his, his, the depiction of like his like serpentine—I don't want to call it a dance, but it, it kind of looks like that.
1: Um, also, his face, his slashed open face, is also like honestly really well drawn.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I've been really enjoying the the visuals of Demon Slayer lately. Um,
1: I'm really excited to see. I mean, Demon Slayer in general has a good amount of brutality to it. But, like, I thought it was somewhat brutal in some parts of season one. But, like, the more and more you get into it, the more and more you're like, oh, people (laughs) literally getting slashed in the middle, down in half and stuff like that. I'm I'm really excited to see what they do with it in the anime. Um, I also love the dude who eats demons to temporarily get their power. Oh, I don't remember. He was the brother from, from the, the Wind, wind Pillar. pillar. Yeah. 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 But his death is like so fucking touching. And the fact that he dies like a demon was something that I was like, oh, wow, that's actually like kind of poetic. If not fucked up. If not fucked up. <laughs> but. <laughs> Like I, I loved his character development.
0: Yeah, like, I, I was pretty baby best boy for me. I, I was pretty shocked that he got killed off. Um especially like you said in the way that they did. Well, the the one that like hit me the most oddly enough was the Fog Mist Pillars Pillar. death. Yeah. Yeah, what are they about to say? I was pretty upset that they killed him off. <laughs> he was my favorite pillar. Well, he was one of my favorite pillars. Uh, I have other pillars I I like more, but they've been out of action for quite some time, slash dead. But Fair. you know.
1: <laughs> I still yeah. love the stone pillar. He's he's still Bay.
0: Stone Pillar dude is awesome as well. He's, he's I, I do really like him. I I definitely liked seeing a lot more of the backstory in the later chapters. Uh we get we get to learn a lot more about Muzon uh and True uh the the Upper Moon one, I'm forgetting his name, but the the brother of the Sun, sun. Dance uh Demon Slayer. Yeah uh I think he had one of the most compelling backstories. I, I thought his
1: character was just super interesting. He's been my favorite demon so far. I think out of all the demons, he's definitely my favorite so far. Besides the good demons. There are some good demons that I really like as well. So.
0: True. I think my favorite demon was Upper Moon 3, but he was taken out a little earlier. Was he the, the, the
1: dude who punches everything? The Tanjuro, the, the, yeah, the, the martial artist. Yeah, yeah, okay, uh,
0: okay. yeah. He was okay. Yeah, the, the guy who, the guy who killed my man, the Flame Pillar.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he was okay. Well, I didn't have anything really bad to say about him, but he didn't like stick with me. He, he. I don't remember up. as much about his backstory. So, yeah, I mean, his thing happened. A little
0: while ago now at this point. Um,
1: yeah, but still, like, it's not something that lasted in my brain. Like, I know the backstory, for example, of, like, the spider family very well. Because, like, it's a very compelling story to me. But, like, his story, while endearing, and I definitely remember being moved, I don't remember the story itself. Which is saying something. So,
0: Fair enough. He He's, he's still my favorite demon. Him, him and the Upper Moon One have been, like... Two of them, my favorite demons. That's fair. Antagonists at least.
1: Upper Moon 2 so. just creeped me out. I liked his character. Uh, I liked his character favorite, for sure though. I haven't I've... I haven't had an issue I think with any character in this show in general. Like I think most of them even if like I don't like them, like I'm supposed to not like them.
0: I the only character that I absolutely hated that was even a thing was um zenitsu's rival who became a demon all of a sudden
1: oh yeah that was like the
0: the upper moon six like overnight somehow i totally forgot about him they made a whole backstory for him without even mentioning his existence the entire time and it was just shoehorned in there i did not like that at all
1: it did feel like the mangaka was just kind of like, oh, this would be an interesting idea. And then just like threw it in there without setting it up at all. And yeah, I, right. I totally agree with you there. There was a lot of like re-flashbacks where suddenly now he's involved and you're like, I think I've seen this flashback before, but he wasn't there. So I, I'll, I'll bring up this gripe now because this is pretty much like the only it's been like bugging me for a little bit, but mm-hmm. like. I say this a lot about Demon Slayer and this is like what keeps me from like loving it 100% as much as some people just fan out about it. Tandro is actually just Jesus and I actually <laughs> don't like it.
0: I I didn't like what they did when Muzan like injected his blood into him and now his face is warped. Yeah. Uh I and somehow that unlocked some secret power or memory again. He keeps them... Lo- yeah. Okay, okay. This, this is another gripe that I really dislike about the, uh, the manga. Is the whole Tanjiro seeing hundreds of years into the past and able to all of a sudden remember the sun dance moves Tundra by watching is literally
1: the, the second coming of jesus i i yeah the, i don't i'm not just, exaggerating
0: I, it makes absolutely no sense exactly. why he has the memories of people from hundreds of years ago uh and it's it's, I mean, maybe if it was a blood demon art, like, but even then, that's a stretch. It, it
1: It's I know that Muzon has within him all the memories of all the people that he's consumed because he can like tap into like their cells' memories, is what he calls it. Like, that's how he found out, for example, about all the different poisons. But if I remember correctly, that demon st- slayer just died an old man. Yeah. So I don't he know why yeah. his memories should now suddenly be triggered by Muzon in Tandro. Like so I that's get that's what Tanjiro, happened, I feel like. I think what they're trying to go for is like ancestral memory, because Tandro takes the position of one of his ancestors who's watching the sun, sun uh, dance right. unfold. And it's like Tandro's life is threatened, and in the threatening of his life, he unlocks like this ancestral memory. I think is like what they're trying to get at, but like,
0: it's the type of bullshit that
1: that like I only accept if it's within the framework of like Avatar: The Last Airbender, right? Where you like you're reincarnated and you actively have access to your previous lives, which is like kind of what they're going for in Demon Slayer, but it's not established lore. I think that's the biggest issue: is there's no
0: predisposed established like reason for any of it like even even, and i've seen it done before i feel like it's hard to do stuff like this uh like the memories of ancestors idea they do it well in
1: your dna kind of thing they do it well in Avatar the Last Airbender, but that's because yeah. like the entire universe of Avatar the Last Airbender revolves around a single character who is reincarnated over and over again, and their learning process is or their're contacting their previous lives is central to their learning process, which is different yeah. from a situation here where the lore isn't centered around a character like that or a magic system like that, and that type of um recall isn't central to their learning it's just a crutch for sudden power spikes right yeah i i just did not
0: could not get on board with that type of thing
1: yeah and that's why i say i have mixed feelings because it feels like the quality of the manga is getting better and better over time um but at the same time like there are these like gaps appearing in the plot where i'm just like that's a big plot hole that's a big plot hole this is literally jesus what is going on <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: um i also don't really understand how tanjiro is alive alive <laughs> never explained that or healed him or said anything about stopping Muzan's blood from taking over his body and killing him like Muzan said it would. Yep. They sort of just woke him up all of a sudden. They're just like,
1: we need to treat him. We need to make sure he doesn't die. Get him to safety. But they don't really like... They don't do
0: anything. And then all of a sudden (laughs) he wakes
1: up. Well, they're like, Tanjiro, your sister needs you. And then he just wakes up. Yeah.
0: I guess another thing I want to bring up is I'm curious what Nezuko is, is like what her role is going to be now that she turned human and I'm not sure if if she can sort of switch between human and demon but like she, I have canon for this. She has to be able to be in demon form to do anything and I'm I, I'm
1: curious to see how they develop that. So, my two hypotheses. One, this is going to make me hate that manga if they do this, but I can oh. totally see it <laughs> happening. One is Nezuko's role is going to be to be in danger and give Tanjiro the little bit of motivation he needs to get that final oomph to kill on uh, yeah no, exactly no, right no, exactly right no please no <laughs> i know right um that i would make me very upset but anime has done it before and <laughs> it's it seems more and more like this maguka is leaning on cliches um yeah, okay so it, i'm nervous about it uh the other thing that i see is that nezuko has become the better moves so I so, don't I it's like it's not that she is now human, it's that she is what Muzan wants to become which is a sun immortal demon. Okay. So my hypothesis is that whatever Muzan is now is what Nezuko is now except she's also immune to the sun. But that's still kind of
0: contradicts the fact that she was given the human medicine and is supposed to be turning human.
1: Well, like they said, they didn't know if the human medicine was going to work, they didn't know what effects it was necessarily going to have. Um so what I'm thinking is that it it kind of worked but kind of didn't, where it gave her access to her memories and her sanity again. I mean, right she's remembering everything now, she's realizing all the events that mm-hmm. have happened she actually is getting her personality back kind of the way that muzan has his own personality he has his own family he has his own consciousness he's not like just some crazed demon Mm -hmm. um and that's why i'm saying she's like turning into muzan but the good version that's immune to the sun i don't like either outcome though (laughs) (laughs) that's that's my hypothesis hypotheses predictions I'm not basing these off of observations, so they're not hypotheses, they're speculations. I I don't like what they've been doing with Nezuko's character. Uh, no. I don't have anything but else. But those are to say all my thoughts them. on Demon Slayer. I don't really have anything else to say. Neither do I. On to the next one. Do you want to talk
0: about some of your own manga? Yeah, I can talk about some manga. I don't know which one to start with. Maybe maybe i will do like one Punch Man. So the latest chapters of One Punch Man they've been pretty epic. Uh yeah. I don't I don't know how much you know about the current arc zero. Okay. Uh it, now that I think about it, it's extremely long because it starts in the second season that was aired. Oh, it's still the same arc. Still the Monster Association arc. Oh, interesting. Um, But, like, I mean, all sorts of different shit's been happening at this point compared to back then. Uh, It's been quite a while in this arc now that I think about it. But we get to see so many of the S-Class heroes going full throttle. And it's just absolutely amazing the quality of the mangaka is, like, top tier. <laughs> like, that's some top shelf, like, liquor that you're buying there. Oh, uh, dude, I
1: need to read this now.
0: <laughs> it, it, it's, it can be a little slow at times, and the the plot itself is sort of all over the place. Like, it it doesn't necessarily have a single... Like direction it seems to be going, it's just a series of really cool interactions and fights, (laughs) essentially, just to show off everybody's power and that type of thing. Okay, Uh, I mean it's it's very episodic in nature, Uh, but the God the the drawings of these characters and like being able to see some characters that we've never seen fight and that type of thing, like we. One of the more recent chapters, we get to see uh, Dark uh, Darkshine Alloy fight, uh, and he's a fucking monster! Oh my god, <laughs> like I can't believe this person exists in this world. <laughs> um, and even he's having trouble with the with the character he's up against right
1: now, um, but he's an absolute beast and it's awesome to see <laughs> i'm really glad that i mean you saw this a little bit in second season of, of one punch man too i mean you saw it a little bit at the end of season one of one punch man but i'm glad that like there are other humans that are like dope to watch besides saitama
0: well i think that's like a, a big allure to the show is like saitama is the he he's the anticlimactic end to every fight, uh, <laughs> but it's the interim characters that are fighting that really make the show, like Genos, or True. Speed of Sonic Sound, and people like that. Garo, Garo's, Gar oh my god, dude, you don't even know. Garo has like upped his game so much at the point in the story. You get to see the the leader of the Monster Association, and then you get to see the master puppeteer of the Monster Association. Like, it's it's some crazy shit that's been happening.
1: I'd be really curious to see what it looks like when Hurricane gets her ass handed to her.
0: She's fighting right now. So she's, I she's because, like
1: <laughs> she's a bit overpowered. She, she is, but that's why I want to see what it looks like when she has difficulty. She she's
0: ha, they haven't depicted that yet. I know it will happen at some point, I presume. Um partly cuz I I sort of follow the the original manga, uh, the one comic strip. Um hmm and they they they've sort of alluded that that'll happen at some point um but right now she's fighting like one of the one of the bigger um characters one of one of the more stronger characters right now and she still looks super overpowered <laughs> like she's just so she's just so fucking like oh god I love her character, though. You yes, also get man. to see Flashy Flash in action again. <laughs> uh, flashy Flash has a bunch of moments that are just really funny. Like, he's got some really dry humor moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he's pretty epic. He goes up against, like, multiple high-level monsters and fucking, like, wipes the floor. With, well, not wipes the floor with them. They sort of give him some trouble, but it, just seeing his action sequences with, like, just super speedy characters and the way it's drawn is,
1: oh, oh,
0: it's so beautiful, Mati. <laughs> you have to read this shit.
1: Yeah, you're you're definitely selling it for me. <laughs> <laughs> if the
0: orgasms didn't say so. <laughs>
1: Yeah, cuz the only manga that I'm reading where I actually feel like it's absolutely really gorgeous right now is probably Vinland Saga.
0: Mm, okay.
1: That's the only one where that I can think of where I'm just like I read it because of the panels.
0: <laughs> that that's a big part of why I read One Punch Man. Uh it's it's mm-hmm. never been about the story. It's a, it's about the comedic humor and the characters really and the drawings. Okay. Which is why I was especially disappointed in season two. Uh, One Punch Man is like one of like two, maybe three manga where I was reading the manga before the anime aired. Uh, So I I just have, it's a very in high esteem for me. That's all I'll say about One Punch Man. You got to read this stuff, man. All right. What about you? What you got up for us next?
1: Um. Let me think. What about? I'll go on Haikyuu, man. I'll talk about Haikyuu right. next because I talked about the the anime. So I, I've been disappointed with season two, or sorry, season four that is coming out right now. Um, and so I decided to go back to, um, the manga for Haikyuu, because a while ago I stopped reading it because they, they ended an arc and they were starting a new arc. And the way they ended it and the way they lead into the next one what made me be like, where the fuck did this arc come from? And it made me really nervous that they were just gonna like end it really soon. Um, and I was like, is this how they're gonna end it? This feels kind of strange. Um, so I I was just nervous about it and I didn't want to keep reading it for now. And I was like, I don't wanna read this one chapter at a time anymore. I wanna like binge a good amount of it just to like make sure that I'm not like upset every week about this. Mm-hmm. So, I finally went back and I started reading it again. And so I picked up basically at the start of a new arc. And I can definitely say it it is probably coming to an end soon. I don't keep up with any of the social media around it, so I don't know what the manga has actually said or what the studios actually or the publishers actually said. So I don't actually know these things, but it feels like it's coming to a close. This feels like final arc type. Mm. Atmospheres to it, but it it makes sense now, to a strong degree, why they're doing what they're doing, and so I'm pretty happy with it. Um. But, oh, it's hard to talk about this. How much Haikyuu have you caught up with? How, I know you haven't seen the most recent stuff, but how much did you ever see? I know I saw the first three seasons. I don't. Remember. So you saw them play against Shiratori I think so. And it Ushiwaka that, and his left-handed the, Spike.
0: Yeah, the left-handed dude. I did see that season.
1: Okay, cool. Um, so yeah, you've seen everything except for the most newest season. Except for what's currently airing. Um, right. But after... So what's currently airing and later, they focus a lot on a lot of side characters and the cast basically explodes in size. And it gets mm. a little difficult to remember everyone's names and who's who and what context did they meet uh, the players from Karasuno. Um but it they're really good characters and I do like a lot of the attention that they do give to the side characters and to the other schools and it's really fun to read and that's why I loved reading IQ so much. Um but at the end now they're kind of taking everyone and they're just all shoving them into a single story which is why I'm like, this has got to be an ending sequence. Mm, Okay. And it, it feels like it makes sense. There aren't really plot gaps in any of it. And I think a lot of the decisions that the author makes are decisions that I would not have expected, which are fun, but that also makes sense giving the player's context or the person's personality, which is good. Um but it feels a little artificial because it's like, Mm. it makes sense how they get here. There is some surprise to it, which does give me intrigue. But the fact that everyone's involved in this specific thing, I'm like, "Mm." suspicious. I'm a little, it like, it feels really artificial and I don't want to say too much about it because it'll be really spoilery, but like, I feel like they get to a point where they've always been constantly introducing new characters because as you keep playing in a professional sport and get more and more devoted into playing professionally in high school and, and beyond and stuff like that, um, you, you need to keep introducing new characters because a sport is a large population of people and you know, everyone that you meet in Karasuno is all from, like, essentially one generation, right? They're all in high school together. Mm -hmm. And once it goes beyond high school, and once you go there, you're like, you've got to get outside of that generation, right? If it's just the same characters again, that makes no sense anymore. Mm, Okay. Um, But it's just the same characters, but with one or two token people being like, oh, but there's a a universe of professional volleyball players outside of these high schoolers, (laughs) just one or two token people though. And it's just, it feels super artificial. And I'm just like, "Uh." and they try and justify it by being like, Oh, they're the monster generation. It's like, this is Naruto. (laughs) <laughs> this isn't naruto come on that's
0: that sounds like kuroko no basket to me
1: <laughs> right no basket is the same thing yeah, they
0: have different generations they have the generation of miracles and then they have like a, a like two other gen it's it's, it's
1: similar <laughs> it like makes me really annoyed because especially because they started introducing a bunch of new people as karasuno goes to nationals uh, which is what's happening right now in the airing season um Mm -hmm. because that makes sense right like you've you've had a a group of people in your prefecture that you're aware of because that's where the story revolved around and as you expand into bigger nationals you get to meet a bunch of new people makes sense bigger venue more people and then they expand even further from that which is where i am now but they stop introducing that same amount of people and it's just like the change in tone feels really artificial it it and so I'm I'm a little annoyed at that. But the arc that they're doing right now is sick. And some of the paneling is sick. And this author really knows how to depict, act, depict action in sports. Like, I'm really happy with it. And specifically the volleyball match that I'm reading about right now, I'm so excited to see production IG put into, into TV eventually. Like, okay. it's going to be epic. I think this is actually my second favorite volleyball match in all of Haikyuu. Interesting. So what do you got? What else do you want to talk about? Uh,
0: so the next one I want to talk about is Attack on Titan. Hey, yo. Shingeki no Kyojin. Uh, remind me again what the latest thing you read was before I get into it.
1: Um. Uh, so, spoilers for listeners. Um. Main character's name is what again? Aaron. Aaron. Thank you. Eddie. How could I forget? Armin's screams, yeah. man. Eddie. <laughs> Eddie. Um. But the Aaron connected with his brother. They went yeah. to that other universe place. Mm-hmm. It's like, do it aaron sterilize everyone and aaron's like no i'm gonna destroy the world and then he he tries to convince the original titan whatever her name is but she walks like past him Uh that's the last place i left off on okay I, I okay all right all right <laughs> you you've
0: missed a lot <laughs> well maybe not not a ton i guess that's okay okay so like i
1: know the origin of all titans now and i know how the attack titan and the armor titan and the colossal titan and the uh, cardi titan and the jaw titan and all those people came from
0: well i so the the most recent chapter just came out a couple days ago uh and the the past couple chapters have been sort of a step back from the grandiose happenings in the story and are focusing on like just character interactions mainly. Uh, I I think it was a sort of a well needed break from Aaron's about to destroy the world kind of thing, <laughs> uh, and just to see what's happening grassroots essentially. Uh, so I've I've really been enjoying the pacing of the manga and the attention to nuance by the author. He he does a really good job with different uh, character interactions and uh, slowly developing them over time. Uh, he does a lot of good job with, like, allusion to past events and foreshadowing. And it, I, I just think this is continually... Month to month, like just really well done chapters and panels, and attention to detail, and I, I definitely really appreciate where it's going. Uh, I definitely feel like it's a very unique manga. Like I, I can't really say there are too too many other stories like it out there right now. Uh, so it's definitely been one of my favorite manga of all time. I, I think at this point, at this moment.
1: Yeah, the thing about Attack yeah. on Titan that I really love from everything that I was reading between our last manga update and now, um, I like that I was getting upset at Aaron's character, but now what they've decided to do with him, the fact that he was kind of like faking it the whole time, really makes sense to me. And so now I've like come full circle where I'm like, yep, this is Aaron. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm glad that that is how it turned out. Um, and I think this author does a really good job at like distracting the reader from what's really happening in a good way. Yes. Like he does a lot of like, Ooh, fancy, fancy stuff over here. You think this is? Nope. (laughs)
0: yeah so attack on titan has been one of the most unpredictable
1: manga i've ever read yeah Um, yeah for sure (laughs) this dude's like a magician he's like really good at getting your attention somewhere else that's really not important and then he's like
0: surprise yeah uh and it's like you can tell what kind of style the manga has been sort of going for but like each month he, there's just something that's he does that's just not cliché at all and yep. i i really appreciate that kind of ingenuity and creativity uh, you definitely don't see it with a lot of manga or anime that's true 10 out of 10 would recommend this manga uh it's the also the uh the actual uh panels and drawings have uh definitely progressed a long way since its inception
1: they really have that like alternate plane that he and his brother are in looks mm-hmm. stunning the whole like sand yeah. dunes and everything
0: yeah and just seeing the the whole the the actual coordinate area the yggdrasil yeah. tree uh is really cool I, I definitely appreciate his attention to uh nordic mythology um sure that that's just something cool to see like just his own spin on that concept it's
1: also it's really cool whenever authors are well studied like that and they spend time trying to learn about certain um i think literature or history um mm-hmm. And then are creative with what they've learned. That's always a really fun thing to see in general. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's inspiration from Nordic tradition, like what they do in Finland Saga, where it's literally historical fiction, or when it's literally just referencing to or being inspired from other stories, like they do references to Nordic mythology in Attack on Titan. Like It's, it's always really good cool yeah. to see that.
0: Yeah, and he's, I think he's just like a history buff. He just seems like he loves all parts of history and human conflict in the past. Yeah, Yeah, loves
1: a a lot of love for, well, not love, but a lot of uh, parallels to the World Wars. This dude obviously knows a lot about the World Wars.
0: mm Mm-hmm and just the the whole like 2000 year history and conflict and that type of thing. It it's True. definitely a, a masterclass in storytelling, for sure. I agree.
1: All right, what do you got for us next? Um so the last one that I want to talk about in detail is Fuka. And I'll Don't keep it a little one. short because I have I'm only 30 chapters in. Um, this is the one you just started reading. Just started reading it this week. Okay. Um so I started reading it cuz I was talking to um I was talking to a Dota friends and um we were talking about anime and manga. Um and the most recent thing that I've read that I really love is Kimino Iromachi, a town where you live. And he's like, oh, I've never heard of that one. What is it like? I'm like, oh, it's a, I described it as I have on this podcast before because I rave about that manga a lot. Um, And he's like, oh, you know what that reminds me of? It reminds me of the work from like uh, Seo Koji. I was like, that's literally the mangaka from Kimi no Iromachi. He's like, oh, dude, he wrote Fuka. And I love Fuka. I like, <laughs> What is Fuka? And so <laughs> I checked it out. And the dude who wrote Kimi no Iromachi wrote this other manga named Fuka. And those are like his two most popular works. Fuka is a it's a high school romance, the same way that Kimi no Iromachi is. Um, it has a male protagonist, the same way with Kimi no Iromachi. And it mainly focuses around the relationship of the one protagonist with another main female character um and it's mostly about how their relationship develops as far as i can tell um so he this guy this manga obviously has a style in that sense um but the the themes are different so far between the two different stories um and i think probably more importantly the thing that really distinguishes the two is the fact that this one's also a music manga
0: Hmm.
1: So I don't know how much it's going to be a music manga. Like, I don't know how much the emphasis is going to be on that aspect of it. But um, the premise is the main character has a childhood friend who in their past, she suddenly moved away and um, without basically without warning and he kind of lost contact with her. Um, and she went on to become an idol, a singing idol. Um, and it turns out she had a crush on him in childhood, still has a crush on him, and she mm-hmm. like makes contact again with him now as an idol mm. um, well, or while during her idol career. Um, but as that's happening, he starts school in a new city in Tokyo, or... He used to not live in Tokyo. He moves to Tokyo. He starts school there uh and he meets another girl who uh is really into music and um but like doesn't really know what to do with it and he kind of gives her the idea to start a band and so she kind of forces him to start a band with her along with a few other people and in the process of like getting to know her and informing this band he develops feelings for her as his long-lost idol friend comes back into his life. Mm. That's the premise of the story and that's where I'm at right now. Okay. So, I I mean, I like it so far. I'm not surprised because all the things that I liked about Kimino Iromachi are basically also strengths here. Um there are there are probably some things that are so so what i mean by that is basically like there are non-traditional topics about romance that pop up in this manga in Kimino Irumachi it was not focusing on falling in love or professing your love it was about um maturing your love and it was about a lot of adult topics on um how to find a career Um, how to pursue what you really want to do with your life, how to start a family, um, stuff like this. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that was later on, of course, in it. So I don't know if Fuka will ever get to there. Um, But in Fuka, there are also a lot of topics that aren't addressed in a lot of romance manga, such as gay love. Hmm. Like One of the things that I found really interesting is uh i I only know I'll say this with a caveat. I've never lived in Japan. I don't know a lot about Jap- Japan from firsthand fr- from firsthand uh, reporting. Um, but the way that homosexuality is portrayed in anime is often like tabooish or mo- mocked, if mm-hmm. anything. If it's not seen as taboo, it's mocked and made fun of. And it's definitely made fun of to a degree in Fuka but in kind of like a proud way. And it's weird because, um, first of all, one of the main characters, so he ends up being like kind of the best friend of the main character, best guy friend, uh, from like day one comes out as like, oh yeah, I'm gay. I swing that way. I'm not interested in girls. I'm very much interested in men. (laughs) Um, Which just saying that bluntly in anime or manga just like does not happen much. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he doesn't say he's gay. He says, I'm not interested in girls. I'm interested in men. Um, And like in the show, like in the manga so far, he's like often saying like, they'll go on a trip together, like a school trip. And they'll come back from the school trip or after summer vacation. And he's being depressed. And they're like, what's wrong? Didn't you have a good summer? He's like, yeah, but I didn't find any guys that I could hit on. <laughs> <laughs> or like stuff like that. And it's like, that's, they're kind of like make kind of making fun of the fact that he's gay. Cause he's often making comments where he's like, Oh, do you want to get with me to like male characters that are obviously then like, no, I like women. <laughs> um, but th- that's basically the joke. It's just the same joke over and over. It's not that funny. Oh, okay. Um, but, but it's like kind of like, he's very proud of it. It's very part of his identity uh and he flaunts it a lot mm-hmm. um and they even like make a joke where the main character gets into this kind of like weird love triangle at one point that puts him in a really big bind and he gets out of it by his friends pretending that he's gay with him and another third guy and they actually have a male love triangle <laughs> And it's just like a moment where it's like I don't think I ever would have suspected a manga would ever write that, <laughs> not, at least not like the way that the media does it now. Uh huh. Um, That's definitely so. Unique. It is, and it's refreshing. Um, and there are still moments where they like kind of. I mean, mocking isn't necessarily the right word, but they like, they they almost solely use his homosexuality as a joke in the show not as actually really something that's ever discussed in the show um but at the same time like it's something that he's proud of it's something that he lives for and it doesn't need to be a serious topic and that's fine like the show's just like he's into guys and that's his thing and that's fine whatever moving on Mm -hmm. which is honestly kind of a great thing right it doesn't need to be mind-boggling that there's a homosexual character doesn't need to be this big thing they don't need to explore the topic deeply it's just it's a character
0: yeah definitely wish it was portrayed
1: that way more so yeah so i i like fuko a lot so far i think it's really fun there's a lot of cliche like almost harem type situations starting to go on now um more so than kimino iromachi kimino iromachi was more like there were multiple relationships but there were one at a time Mm. Uh, there was definitely some overlap in some some situations um, but it was a lot of like one person can have multiple relationships throughout their lifetime and you learn something from that relationship and you take it to the next one here it's a little bit more there's many women interested in the same person at the same time going out so actual traditional harem Okay. Um. so there are a lot of cliches still in Fuka it's not a revolutionary manga but there are some cool interesting unique twists to it so i'd give it a read if that type of thing sounds interesting to any of our listeners
0: is that all the
1: uh S- all the manga the, there,
0: yeah. all the manga you wanted up to i had a couple yeah. more i wanted to bring up briefly uh for well so one of them uh is actually not a manga it's a web and it's, it's a u.s like american-made webcomic um, oh okay but it's a romance
1: so you you might actually like this one uh but i like how you just associate reading comics as just like for me romance you associate that you've said like that's your pro- what do you mean <laughs> we already know it's that. like only half of the shit that i read is romance is it though it's like two okay words. let's count let's count <laughs> On my mouth, I have twenty. I have twenty-four manga. Okay. Okay. Um, let's count how many are romance. Um, so sixteen out of twenty-four are romance. And
0: what's this percentage here? Let me see. Here. For twenty-four,
1: it is two-thirds. You bastard!
0: <laughs> it's sixty-six point six repeating. To be exact.
1: (laughs) So it's not hat. (laughs) What?
0: (laughs) Anyway, I'm right. Back to what I was saying. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so this webtoon that that I've been following, it's called Lore Olympus. And it's actually something that Eden introduced me to a while back. Uh, And it's about... It's like a spin on... uh, I guess, the mythology of the Greek gods, essentially. And it's about Hades and Persephone and it's a retelling of that that romance story. Not that it was necessarily originally a romance story, but uh, it's a romance spin on uh, their lore together and that type of thing. And it's a retelling of who these characters are, so that they they don't act anything like they did in actual Greek mythology. Uh, But it's very endearing, very well written, uh, easily digestible, and I really like the art style for the webtoon. Uh, Definitely would recommend uh, if you wanted something different to check out some other manga that i have not been happy with let's see so my hero academia i know i'm gonna get shit for this one
1: (laughs) i it's okay i haven't been liking the season so far the current season has been making me a little annoyed
0: okay so (laughs) to be honest it goes downhill from the previous arc (laughs) feels like it uh they're they're animating a filler arc right now and so i just haven't yes. been watching it uh and it I, I, mean, so annoying. I i know what happens and i like i know what it is so i just don't even want to bother with it but that seems to be the trend with this manga too is like There's always an in between filler arc with some sort of training bullshit, and it's really annoying. It's not even a fun training montage, it's just a chance for them to use all of the class characters that nobody ever cared about, and it's just boggled, like bogged down by how many characters there are on the show and they're trying to give time to other people who don't matter whatsoever um the the current arc is kind of intriguing although it's super cliche and they're making deku a worse character and i just can't really stand his character anymore um and, and and his like his abilities and everything. Like I just it's just not very good. And it's the same difference with the
1: antagonists in the show. Um Oh, that's actually really rough because the antagonists I feel like is where the show shines the most. Yeah, I'm not happy. I'm not happy at all. Yeah. Um, like stain is really great.
0: They never bring Stain back, spoiler alert. He's he was
1: No I'm not surprised. Yeah.
0: Um they reference him at plenty of points, but like he's not significant. I wish he was. He's one that was my second favorite arc of all time, was the same the stain arc.
1: Yeah. Um, that was good.
0: The I I I don't wanna spoil anything. I am disappointed with what they've done with Mirio, and I won't say anything else because um, he's my favorite character in the show, actually. And I'll leave it at that. I, I don't want to say anything else about my hero. I like real. I want to tell you certain things. Why I don't like it.
1: Whisk me, whisper me silent nothings.
0: Does does that mean tell you or don't tell you? No, don't. Tell oh, me. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm gonna keep reading it for now. If if after this arc they do
1: another fucking filler arc, I, I might just drop it. Um, <laughs> You're like, I'm done with these goddamn fillers.
0: But uh, I, I want to move on from my hero. I don't want to think about that one anymore. Um, so that's just another
1: one that I've been disappointed in. So. Those were our updates for manga. We will be back with another manga update, not in the near future, but we will do one again once we have read some more manga and have more thoughts on the subject. But for now, we can transition from pages on panels on pages to frames on screens. Because it's time to do some anime, Somali in the forest spirit analysis, and we will be watching episode seven and no. Eight and nine, and we'll be coming back with our thoughts and commentary on those two episodes. See you all in a jiffy. <laughs> And we have returned from watching a very pleasant two episodes of Smully the Forest Spirit, episodes eight and nine. So let's let's get into the nitty gritty of it. Shall we start with episode eight?
0: Yeah, yeah. Where do you want to start?
1: Um. So, witch-wise, I both liked the two witches that we were introduced to, the Praline and Hazel. I thought both of them were pretty cool. Um, It was kind of stupid to me that they introduced these two really interesting, unique characters, but then just didn't use them. They kind of used them in episode seven. um, But then episode eight, they just literally served as like a two minute, oh, you need to just go to the head librarian, which is anyway, just a recap from the ending of episode seven. Mm -hmm. Um, And besides that, they didn't serve any purpose anymore. So I thought it was a letdown that they have these cool, unique, interesting characters that they like developed personalities around that they made this nice introduction to that. They made distinct like sistership, uh, interactions with, mm-hmm. um, and then just didn't use them like that to yeah. me was disappointing.
0: Another thing that, uh, was very, confusing is why they were in trouble for seeing the head librarian yeah they were sent on this uh, they were given a map to go to the head librarian and then all of a sudden they're intruders and it, it didn't make sense like i i don't remember them saying that like oh you have to be careful
1: otherwise because you're going to a restricted zone like they, they didn't say anything like that So either they completely ignored that aspect of it and forgot to introduce the fact that they shouldn't be seeing the head witch, um, which is bad writing, or they just briefly mentioned it, which is bad writing. So either way, it was a bad sequence of events. Why did they even have to make it that you're not supposed to see the head witch? What was the point of that?
0: I I don't know. They, They were trying to give some sort of, obstacle for the episode but no <laughs> again the, the, it's supposed to be an episode about like the lore of the world and humans and everything there's no reason to shoehorn in an obstacle for them to overcome not that it was i agree took any time to get past the security
1: i totally agree and it had zero narrative stakes to it like i i mean this show in general doesn't Build a lot of suspense, nor is it really meant to in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. But this was like particularly like a terrible example of it because they were like trying to build narrative suspense, and it actually had zero impact. Mm-hmm. So that that was really strange to me as well. Um, the other thing which you mentioned, uh, which I kind of want to elaborate on a little bit with you is mm-hmm. the fact that nothing really happens even once we made it to the head witch. Because all all the head yeah, witch said yeah. is, I wrote the book that you wanted to read and all the book's contents are is just this story of a witch long ago, uh, like a few hundred years ago, running into a colony of humans and the humans being really afraid of what they call grotesques, which is essentially the other species of like, life that exists sentiently on this planet that they share. Um, And it's literally just reinforcing the fact that humans are afraid of these quote-unquote grotesques, and grotesques often hunt or are afraid of humans as well. Um, So it's just reinforcing something we already learned, which I think is a waste of an opportunity again, because the entire thing about this witch city is that they're supposed to have a big encyclopedia of knowledge, so they're building up that we're supposed to learn something new.
0: Yeah, and what the hell is the edge of the world supposed to mean? Like, they they didn't even give a direction to go. They're like, look at a map and go to the edge somewhere. It's just like, that kind of ticked me off. Um, F that, man. (laughs) That's the only thing I have to say. Yeah, I... This episode was a Probably the biggest downer, the biggest letdown of all episodes. Like, like yeah. you're saying, they were building it up so nicely. I, I was ready to, like, get some get into the nitty gritty of the world building, and they
1: they didn't do any world building. No, zero new information came out.
0: I, I think the the story about the the witch at the the. I forget the name of the village, but it was just a story about a witch and a human like sort of being friends. Um and that it can that it can happen. And that's We already
1: know that through Haitora and Uzoi. We already know that through Somali and Gollum. Yeah, and they they just anyone reiterate it
0: when the old witch dies. It's like, oh, everything's going to be fine because you're not afraid of grotesques or whatever. And it's like, cool. Um, Yay. That's it.
1: We already knew everything was going to be fine because that's the type of show this is. Yeah. Uh, um. So, yeah. I, I will say, though, I am curious about the Gollum that was serving those humans. That I find fascinating. Yeah. His Because one thing that I will say, which if you also think about episode nine and you think about the two of them together, it's an interesting question, which we can talk about maybe a little bit later uh, when it comes to our headcanon speculation, is is there something unique about a golem's interaction with a human? Because uh, at for episode eight we see this Gollum like serving these humans essentially. And you're mm-hmm. like, whoa, this reminds me of golem and, and, uh, uh, Somali. That's rather interesting that this dynamic exists amongst other humans and other golems. is this yeah. something that's no longer unique. Uh, and then at the end of episode nine, which we can spec, I think these two comments are connected to each other. Um, Gollum, when he's talking to the the little demon, Chibi-Oni or whatever they call it, um, he's saying, like, the second I met Somali, I, like, changed. I changed from a guardian to a father figure. Like, there was a change within me. So maybe there's something about humans that triggers something in Gollum's. And stuff like that. Like I, I that aspect of episode eight, I did actually find interesting. But it's just the way that the golem was protecting this town of humans, and like that was his goal. That was his sole goal, and he was willing mm-hmm. even to lie to the witch and about the witch to continue to just protect the humans. He obviously prioritized them over the witch at the end of that story.
0: Yeah, that that's something I. Uh... At the end, I was curious about how he he was also siding with the humans to kick the witch out. And I'm wondering if that was just to blend in with the humans or to protect the witch in some way, um, because he said they'll pardon her. And I, I'm not sure if his motivation behind saying that stuff to the witch at yeah. the
1: end. That's fair. Um, Which was interesting to me. So I think there are nice and interesting questions that do occur, but they're all about golems. They're not about humans. And that's what's really disappointing in episode eight to me is the fact that, like, yes, we learned something new to a degree. um, Or at least we have more questions that are arising. But it's not what it promised to be. And it's not about the subject that was supposed to be discussed.
0: Right. Yeah, and it it just ended super abruptly. Uh, like after the the yeah. head witch passed away, it you they just shoot to a new scene where the Somali and the, and Gollum are gone. They yeah. they don't say goodbye to the previous characters. It just halts at that point and ends the arc. Very. Um, uh, I know we usually like the pacing of the show, but I think this is the worst paced episode by far. I I think
1: this is the first example of bad pacing in the show. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So anything else about episode eight before moving on?
1: Uh, If you would give it a mouse score, what would you give eight? I did not like the episode.
0: Um. I'm going to be a little harsh here. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give it a like a four. Fuck. I, <laughs> are you, are you, you also want to yes. copy me?
1: <laughs> I don't want to copy you. I want to say four, goddammit.
0: Yeah, you, you can copy me. It's okay. <gasps> Imitation is the best form of
1: flattery. Yeah, thank you for flattering me. Huh? <laughs> Explain why you have a four.
0: Um, I think they just did everything wrong <laughs> in the episode. Uh, and it, it's in large part because of how much they were building up to this episode. Uh, it was supposed to be some big, grandiose thing that we learned, and we literally learned zilch, uh, which was annoying. I I didn't like how... I didn't like the sequence of events. The entire episode, um, the like I said, the the new characters that were introduced. So the the head librarian and the security witch did not impact the story in the way that it they could have. Um, yeah. Yeah, just everything was. Disappointing. Um I I
1: didn't I didn't really enjoy anything about the episode to be honest. Um okay, so I'm gonna I'm actually gonna try and be a bit unique here. Okay. I'm gonna give it a two. Oh
0: Oh, my god.
1: (laughs) I think the reason why it's worth that low of a score, which I don't think I've given a single episode of anything yet on this show yeah um i in all of iia history so far i've never received given anything a two or lower um i think this deserves a two because they literally undermined the entire witch arc just in this one episode like they just straight up should never have gone like they Mm -hmm. should have just like heard about whatever this golem thing by randomly reading about it in the books in some other cabin somewhere they just wasted my time for two episodes just by having this one episode exist Mm -hmm. and that's absolutely worth it too i feel that okay on to happier and better things episode nine (laughs) how do you feel about the fact that we have our little demon friends coming back
0: oh i was so happy to see them again i think they add a a needed perspective or aspect to the show uh, that other characters didn't provide.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think personally, the little demon is actually my favorite side character in the show so far. Um, so I was pretty happy to see him come back with his mm-hmm. assistant. Um, the It's interesting to me because it's still hella predictable. We kind of knew that he was going to bring up the fact that he figured out that Somali is a human um we kind of knew how Somali was going to freak out and get herself into trouble because of the fact that her tooth is loose um all these all these things are like even more predictable than normal i would say in the Somali storyline so far
0: yeah, I mean, I definitely like this episode more than the previous one. Um, I will say I, am, I was not totally satisfied, or I wasn't as satisfied as I wish I was. Uh, I think the I agree. only meaningful thing that happened in the episode was the conversation between Gollum and the demon at the very end.
1: Um, otherwise, it just felt kind of filler-ish. Yeah. And they didn't even have a conversation at the end. They just teased the be- the beginning of a conversation for the next episode.
0: Yeah, I was also a little disappointed that they didn't talk about where they were trying to go to find the humans. Like they, that's a good they, point. We don't actually know where
1: they're going next.
0: Yeah, and they didn't really come up with a plan either. Like they just didn't talk about it at all. Um, that's a good point. Now that you mention it. Yeah, I mean the the. This episode just had nothing to do with the pre- previous one either. They felt very disjointed. And I know that's yeah. in part because of episode eight being the way that it is. Uh, but they they did not meld the two episodes well at all. It was kind of jarring, actually.
1: Yeah, I think there's a a huge change in the quality of plot writing for these two episodes compared to everything else we've seen until now. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: And they, I I will say, I, uh, I think I mentioned this earlier, but I I did enjoy the backdrop uh, in the village that they're in. Uh, I wish they could showcase it a little better. It, It seemed like the backgrounds have taken a back seat in these past two
1: episodes um that's a good point. nothing
0: stood out in the past two episodes a whole
1: lot and i don't think it's due to habituation because we haven't watched a single episode of somali for the past like 2 weeks so right
0: uh and i know that's a good point yeah cuz when we were first introduced to the witch city like we were so happy that they're bringing back these great backgrounds and they would like uh zoom out and only focus on the background for several seconds from different angles, independent of wherever the characters were. And they, they didn't do that type of thing here. Um,
1: mm-hmm. I think the main reason why episode eight was disappointing in backgrounds was they spent the majority of their time in the human village or in the bedroom of the head witch. Both of those two sceneries were not that great. Um, and then I think in episode nine, my problem with it is more the fact that what you said they're not showcasing the village itself they do have an obvious aesthetic change because this is more of like a thuggish smuggler town Mm -hmm. um but they aren't giving it much character right it's just the change it's a change in in um atmosphere without a lot of character to the place if that makes sense
0: and i think that's what I have a problem with uh, as we've said before that like giving the locations life is what makes this show so great in a lot of ways and they yeah it I was agree. just absent for these past couple episodes I'm hoping we actually meet a new character in this village uh, I know I'm glad to have both the demons back but I think they do need to introduce a new character uh, from this village just to help it like give it some character uh, i'm a little
1: nervous that that character is going to be the innkeeper because the innkeeper doesn't strike me as um interesting
0: nah i i don't want it to be the innkeeper maybe
1: someone at the inn uh that they meet hopefully um, that could be a possibility that i think would probably be the best circumstances Right, you're just doing something just for the sake of a future plot line, not for the sake of uh, actual logical context to the situation. Right, um, which is not a good thing. That reeks of SAO. Does that mean this might be the last arc, or do
0: you think there's another arc after this?
1: If this isn't the last arc, it's going to be another witch shit, which I'm not okay with. Yeah, because.
0: I'm wondering how long they're going to... Okay, so we can... Do you want to get into headcanon stuff now? Have we... Sure.
1: Uh, I've shared my thoughts of episode nine and eight. I mean, we can give Mal scores for episode nine first if you want.
0: First? Yeah. Uh, I would give this episode... Again, I I wasn't very happy with the episode. I'm going to give it like a six. It did better than the previous one, but it it's like you said there's a noticeable drop in quality all of a sudden um
1: i think actually hearing some of your opinions on this too actually now has convinced me it's a five um because six to me is like it has potential for being pretty good but it's just there's one thing that actually just makes it turn bad um but I think really you really pointed out the only thing that actually really happened was the starting of this conversation between Gollum and Demon. Uh, so it's a five for me because it's like there are some yeah. things that like are kind of good and kind of better and kind of more what we expect from Smally and the Forest Spirit, but it's actually worse than just one thing being wrong with it. So it's it's a five for me.
0: Yeah, all all of the best parts about the show were absent. So the backgrounds, yeah. the interesting characters, yeah, interesting characters and interactions. There there wasn't any unique interaction. Uh, True from the end there. Um,
1: I think probably the most unique character we found was the dentist, but like he he's not significant though. No, which is <laughs> <just> saying <laughs> something. <laughs> okay, head cannons. Um,
0: yeah so one thing i want to bring up going back to episode eight is the golem and i would like to see them actually search for this golem i feel like that is a tidbit that they can uh, sort of it's sort of like a clue for them to go off of because I have no idea where they're supposed to be going, edge of the world, but since golems are supposed to live a thousand years, I think the golem might still be alive and would know where other humans might actually be. And they should search out the golem who has a name, and I'm curious how the naming thing for golems work too. But that's my headcanon.
1: Major headcanon for you here. Okay. Okay, so um i okay first of all going off of what you said i 100% agree the thing that i'm also most curious about is if is he still alive and the second thing i'm most curious about is names does our golem who's with somali have a name if not why does this golem have a name what is the context for naming this golem and stuff like that i agree those are interesting questions um but one thing you just mentioned which i think is actually potentially really fascinating is so golems of a thousand years we know this right um the witch that came back and became headmistress and told this story to the headmistress that we meet, she said, don't write this story down for a thousand years. Right. Is that a random year or is it not coincidence that after a thousand years it is guaranteed that Gollum will be dead?
0: But she anyway wrote it before the thousand years
1: was Against up, which... the will. Against Which, the wishes of that headmistress. So my question is, she said it takes a thousand years to have the possibility of humans and grotesques getting along together again. Did Does she blame that golem? The, the headmistress we hear from or the... No, the, the headmistress that experienced this story who said, wait a thousand years. I don't know. Uh, Maybe she blames this golem for the fact that humans and grotesques aren't getting along or can't get along. That's
0: possible. And she only wanted to tell the story once she knew he would be dead. Exactly. Uh,
1: That's that's a good question. I have no idea. (laughs) Because I don't... Now that I'm thinking about it, I don't think it's a coincidence that she said a thousand years. I don't think it's just some arbitrarily long amount of time. And I think the only knowledge that we have to go off of that is uh relevant towards the thousand year timeline is the lifespan of a golem
0: but that's also why i think this golem is
1: alive in the first i agree i agree Um, because the fact that it's only been 300 plus however long it took for her to share this story and get this story written down is hinting at the fact that this golem is still alive
0: yeah um but that that's that's why i'm I was trying to make the connection like i I really think yeah. that's where the story needs to go. I agree uh, it'd totally be amazing agree. to see an interaction with a different Gollum. um uh, this this is definitely i mean this is the first time we've seen anyone else besides gollum so i I really would like to see them
1: develop that um by the end of the season. Um now that we've like kind of had this headcanon that we both like kind of really solidly agree upon um that we really hope the show follows I'm really curious as to why if it's true that she thinks that humans and grotesques can't get along because of this golem I'm really curious as to why she was given that strong of an impression cuz technically that golem saved her but that's why
0: I was confused about the motivation of the golem, whether or not he actually disliked the witch when he was siding with the humans at the end. And that's what impression she had, maybe. That's sort of the only connection I can think of. Um it, It's kind of loose, uh, and it's sort of hard to...
1: Like fully put those Lego pieces together. The one thing that comes to my mind is when she asks this golem about the humans uh, when she first arrives, the golem basically says like humans are super afraid of the unknown and they're very timid and frightening creatures and frightened creatures and kind of stupid, Uh, Uh which is why they will always immediately like kill any type of quote unquote grotesque that shows up and just try and annihilate them. Um, mm-hmm. I wonder if she thinks that his stagnant belief of humans will prevent him from allowing them to grow because she now knows that she can make friends with some humans because she does. I wonder mm-hmm. if, if she believes something in the vein of, like, this golem is preventing humans from accepting the unknown. Because he has possible. this staunch belief about humans, uh, yeah. we
0: need more. We need more context to all this, uh, which is why they have to pursue this avenue. Because <laughs> the the head librarian didn't illuminate anything for them. God. So, I'm also a little confused why she thought that she killed off humans because she didn't because she wrote that down, like there was some magical thing that occurred that caused some sort of calamity for all humans at that point in the world.
1: Well, her, her logic was people didn't know about humans. She wrote down this story and immediately afterwards, all the humans started getting butchered. That was her logic. Is
0: is that what the connection
1: they're making then is
0: that it sort of just popularized that humans are
1: around and yes. Okay. And potentially where to find them.
0: Okay, that makes enough sense. <laughs> yeah, it
1: made enough sense to me, too. I, that's what I got from that dialogue. That dialogue was really strained. The writing for that entire episode was just, like, gross. Yeah, Both in the dialogue and in the plot, like, evolution.
0: Yeah, it, it was super vague and convoluted. And jagged. Most of the time.
1: Yeah. Any other um thoughts about these episodes of Smalley and the Forest Spirit?
0: Not, not enough happened to, to think of anything else. <laughs> yeah. I I am starting to think though that they are not gonna find humans by the end of the season. No. It's I it's, don't think so either. They've taken way too long and have zero clues. Agreed. Um, although something that I've just that I that keeps recurring in my mind is how in the world Somali ended up in the forest in the first place. Being she looked like a like slave. That. Yeah. Cause she yeah. was in chains and I'm wondering if anyone ever came looking for her, like how did she escape? Like, I, I'm, I have, this is something I just recently occurred to me. Uh,
1: But I mean, it's entirely possible that, like, I mean, there are some human populations, it seems like, within the general vicinity of the other sentient species that inhabit this world. Um, Mm -hmm. It's entirely possible that there was just, like, a hunting group that came across a group or community of humans that butchered Somali's parents and ate them or did whatever with them. And then saw that Somali was like this young child, so they wanted to raise her like a young pig so that she could get bigger and then be, be slaughtered at that point.
0: I'm hoping the plot comes full circle, though, and they address that. Um, I want to see yeah. a flashback of some sort.
1: Uh, I mean, right now they haven't addressed Somali's meeting with him in any degree We don't know where that occurred. We don't know technically how long ago that is. We have some speculations we can make based off of the drawings from the OP, um, but that's it.
0: Yeah, they say it was like a few years prior to the start, but I don't think they specified exactly how long it was.
1: We don't know how long they've been traveling necessarily. We don't know necessarily how far they've been traveling, stuff like that. Um, we do know that Gollum has less than a year now, uh yes. from the last
0: count he did when he was with um the other human.
1: Yes, but other than that, not much to go on so i I don't think they're gonna address it this season to be honest, very much at all um i think the only opportunity for them to address it is if it comes up in this conversation with demon and golem
0: i hope so i hope they deliver on the next episode they they need to bring it back like this conversation could be super interesting uh i i i'm pretty sure the demon doesn't know anything about humans necessarily but he seems like a curious individual and will ask about the origin of their meeting and that type of thing. Um,
1: Potentially, yeah. I That's why I'm saying like it needs to happen now or it's never going to happen. Because if there's a character that's going to get this information out of Gollum, it's going to be this demon. Agreed. Um, and I think in general, like the next two episodes need to be good. Or my opinion on the show is going to actually just take a nosedive. Well, we're a little bit of a negative Nancy group today. (laughs) But, you know, sometimes you get bad episodes. So this is just our actual raw reactions. Well, thank you all again for tuning in this week for our conversation about our manga updates. We'd be curious to hear what you all are reading or if you are reading the same things as we are, what your thoughts are as well on the manga that we talked about this week. We'd be curious to hear your thoughts on Somali and the Four Spirit episodes 8 and 9, or the show more generally. Your hopes for the future episodes coming up. Are you also that stoked about the demon conversation as we are? Let us know. Send us an email. You can find our contact information uh, below. You can uh, follow us on Twitter. You can listen to the podcast on uh, and leave a comment about the podcast or like the podcast on whatever podcast app you like to listen from. Thank you again for tuning in this week. It's been wonderful having you here. Yeah,
0: thanks for cracking open a fresh episode. This has been and Anime with Matt and Stan. Join us next week. We should have some good content for you guys.
1: Cheers to y'all. Peace out. It's not technically a hentai, but should have been a hentai. Oh my god. And I'm basically, I basically read it when I'm just like, I have that itch for a hentai, but I don't want to, I don't actually really want to masturbate right now, so...